0: Um, and I happened to come across uh, Kaushik Bose uh, through one of the groups uh, where we were, uh, we are all part of uh, the uh, group as podca- co-podcasters. Uh, and uh, going through his interesting journey, I thought, why not actually host uh, Kaushik as a guest? Uh, it's kind of reversal of the role, so to speak. Um, So welcome Kaushik, Uh, welcome to the podcast and thank you so much uh, for investing your time with us. Um, So during this conversation, we'll try to learn more about you. So you're going to speak a lot uh, rather than uh, listening to uh, the guest speakers, which you normally do. So uh, to start with, uh, uh, let's go through your introduction first uh can i request you to take us through your uh, professional journey and sure, maybe sure. you can start from your early days uh so that it'll be interesting to connect with people i think ultimately i think uh, stories are what uh, make it interesting for others to learn and connect over to you
1: so first of all thank you so much for hosting me on the show as you rightly mentioned it's it's really fun to be on the other side uh But And there's one thing I need to warn you in advance. I do talk a lot. So you need to be careful. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's very good.
1: Jokes aside. uh, So basically, now that you've also, usually when people ask me, you know, like, tell me about yourself. The first thing I tell them is that be careful. This is going to be a long answer. So the good thing is you're already asking for the long version of it. So I was actually, interestingly, born in Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, my dad used to travel a lot. So I was there. Then, uh, then I came back to Delhi. Uh, so I did my schooling from Delhi. Uh, then again, moved to Abu Dhabi for six years. Uh, did my 11th and 12th back to Delhi. Then did my engineering from Bangalore. MBA from MDI Gurgaon. Uh, worked. Then for the first company on campus was Wipro. So I I got into Wipro. It's pure sales. Uh, interestingly, again, an interesting story. So what happened is uh, the when... Wipro came to campus they came in looking for six people six roles and all the six were in marketing so the lady so she has come on my show also Priti Gattaria so she was the Wipro HR person that time who came into the campus and she came in and she she interviewed me and she's like that uh, you know what do you want to do do you want to do sales or do you want to do marketing? And this, I think, is something very relevant because part of the India Career Center you actually mentor, so uh, it's a very interesting anecdote. So she came and asked me, that, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, chalega." Uh, so what happens is, you know, you don't because it happened to me during the internship. So in Mac, in one of the companies, they asked me, "What do, do you want? Sales or do you want operations?" I said, "I want sales." And then they said, "Sorry, but we came only for operations, so we can't take you." So keeping that in mind, I'm like, no commitment. So she asked me two or three times and I'm like, kuch bhi chalega, doesn't matter. So uh, interesting, then she finished the interview and she's like, okay. So I came out of the room and she also went out of the room to call someone. And we had our uh, senior, he was in the uh, part of the interview panel as well. So he comes out and tells everybody that, you know what, guys, if somebody asks you that if you want sales or you want marketing, say kuch bhi chalega specific i'm like oh yeah this is gone <laughs> but anyway it was a so what actually happened is she went out of the room and she called the regional manager in delhi asking mm-hmm. that you wanted a guy in sales and i have a good candidate i don't know what she's him, but anyway so she she's like i have a good candidate do you want to if you want i can hire him and he said why not so they actually came back after that and they announced six roles in marketing which was original plan and these are all with Wipro Technologies. And I was the only one they took for Wipro Infotech mm. in a sales room. And that's how my career in sales started. So then it was all B2B, Wipro, SAB, IBM. Uh, then again, the tax-free money lured us. So we went back to GBM, which is basically IBM in the Gulf in Dubai. Uh, so it's a total of 14 years across corporates. Uh, then in 2017, me and my wife, we decided, okay, let's do something back in India. The startup bug bit us. Mm. So we came back. Uh, I started a mobile repairing and refurbishing startup. So Arpita, my wife, she started a salon business. So after which we sold it off. So I sold off mine in 21, early 21. And she also sold it just after the COVID times. And that's how the podcasting started because I didn't know what to do. And uh, I am one of those kinds, you know, ki, kira hai, you know, you have to do something to stay busy. So I heard, a, I'm a big fan of Gary Vee. So he was mentioning that you should start a podcast. It's something, you know, you'll help with your personal branding, this, that. So I said, okay, why not? So I told her, you know, why don't we start it? And before I knew what happened, she gifted me this particular mic. Okay. And I was like, why are you spending money? I don't even know whether I'm going to be actually using it or not. And she's like, go take it as a gift from my side, mm-hmm. So that's how it started. Uh, I didn't expect it to go so well, very frankly. It was just a passion project. Uh, now we are on episode 81. Fantastic. Twenty-two, uh, twenty twenty-two. 2022, Spotify voted us as the ninth best podcast across India, across 1800 plus podcasts. And interestingly, the growth has been good. So 23 May, we added about 93% of our current audience has joined us in 23. Mm. So it's doing pretty well.
0: Great. So uh, quite a few stories in that. And I think you must talk about your uh, first venture about the mobile repair. That's a very interesting story. I think you should tell about that.
1: Sure. So... When we started, actually, I started as a, I'm not, I'm a mechanical engineer, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I should also tell you this, especially again with the India Career Center link. Uh, When I went for my MBA interview in MDI, the question they asked me, so again, there was a panel and they're like, okay, you're a mechanical engineer. I said, yes. So they said that, uh, you know, um, tell me the third law of thermodynamics. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. And then they're like, okay, you're a mechanical engineer. You don't know the hurdle of thermodynamics. I said, that's exactly why I'm here, right? If I knew that so well, I wouldn't have come for an MBA. Then he says, okay, bata do." I'm like, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> so that's how actually it goes. So uh, I had been a good student like right in the beginning. But after that, it was always, you know, more of, I've been sort of a backbencher. But yes, uh, so coming back to the startup story. Uh, So that's how we came back. Uh, He started the mobile business. I'm not at all a techie person. Uh, So we started the thing because in Gurgaon, there seemed to be a gap of a premium kind of a mobile repairing. So we initially started it off as a normal mobile repairing store. Mm. Uh, Then what we realized is like we were getting both Android and Apple. But most of the people would start comparing us with, uh, you know, like the local shop. So, for example, let's say an Android phone would cost about fifteen hundred bucks for a screen repair. If we because we're giving a very nice ambience, you know, comfort seats, etc. So we used to charge let's say twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. And then what we realized is people were like, "But that guy's given giving fifteen hundred. Why are you charging 2500 I'm like, "Matter, कुछ और See the entire thing." So many of them we were not able to convert quite a few initially. Hmm. And uh, what we realized is that the headache is insane because hmm. if someone of that type gives you 2,500 bucks, he's just going to eat your head out after that. So then we realized, and this is the same. So I was in B2B business. So what I realized in B2B or B2C, Sardad equal uh, hota hmm. irrespective of the value of the deal. So that's when we decided to double down on the premium devices. So, we automatically moved. We only started handling iPhones, OnePlus, Samsung. That's it. When we started that business, uh, so the same thing, like I am saying 1500, which we were charging 2500. What started happening was that because we were only in premium phones, we increased that price to 3000.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And people still came to us very happily because now we were only dealing with a premium client. So this is something that brand positioning, et cetera, something that I realized because before that, I was always in pure sales, never to do anything in marketing. So this was a good, insightful experience. When we started this in about six months, we realized that there are many people coming to us and saying that, uh, you know, we have an old phone, which is not working. And I don't want to fix it. Mm. At the same time, we were getting people who came up to us and said that I am looking for an old phone. Because the okay. other phone, let's say, like the motherboard or something is conked, So, it's virtually a waste of money. So, they have to buy a new phone. So, they started coming to us. Then we realized that why don't we get into the refurbishing business. So, mm. that's how we got into the refurbished business. So, what we started doing is we used to buy out the, like, so just for numbers. So, for example, if someone is saying, and we gave a cost of, let's say, 5000 By the way, the margins in this business are excellent. So, mm. if we are giving a cost of 5000 maybe our price would be close to 3000 maximum. So that, then that person would say, No, I, I don't want to spend 5000. You take it from me. And we would probably give him a thousand bucks for it. Cool. So, thousand bucks, 3000 bucks for fixing it. And we would sell the same phone close to nineteen thousand
0: Wow. So,
1: our margins increased significantly. People came to know that, yes, we are dealing with good uh, refurbished phones. And we used to, since it was an offline store, we were able to give an, a warranty on top of it. So that was a very good business. Uh, start. Then we realized there's another gap, especially in Gurgaon, at least in 2017, 18, was that there was nobody for iWatches. Okay. For repair. Mm. And again, iWatches, the market was immense, especially in Gurgaon. Mm. So you will get a repair comfortably. If you go to an Apple store, they will charge you around 15, 16,000 for it. Wow. So what we used to do is, and the actual cost that used to happen in Edu Place, used to be 3000 Okay. So what we did is we said we'll play in the middle. So we used to take it at 7000 We used to go to Nehru place, get it fixed. They used to give us a warranty at the back end. We used to come and give it to the client. Simple model. Uh, so that's how we got into the refurbished business. So we tested out all of this within a year's time. We became profitable. Uh, we were a small team. Four, five of us were there. And then we realized, so we started franchising it. Mm. So that's when... The sales helped. (laughs) And of course, it was a profitable model. So it made a lot of sense. So we started franchising. We franchised 15 outlets in a span of three years across NCR.
0: Fantastic. And
1: after that, then in the meanwhile, happens you want to grow still bigger. So we started the startup starting trying to search for funding. Hmm. That was a big learning. So many people actually came back to us, many of the investors, etc. saying that while you are a, I mean, you've got great numbers, you're profitable, etc. The problem seems to be that you are not a techie. So, oh. you're a sales guy, but your co-founder, anybody else is not there, who is a techie person. Mm. So, I guess it's it's a view they have, there's no right or wrong. So, mm. for whatever reasons, we we could not raise funding. And which is why I decided that the amount of headache, etc. that happens with this, So might as well. So we got a good offer also from one of the larger uh, mobile repair chains. Okay. So it was a good offer. I said, why not? I mean, if you're getting 24, 30 months of profit in one shot, might as well take it. So that's when we sold it off. So they took it. Then they rebranded the whole thing as Refu. So they just bought out the whole business and then they expanded nationally post that.
0: Oh, okay. And at that point of time, you never uh, thought of expanding to other areas geographically, or you wanted to take the funding, and after that, you wanted to grow.
1: Exactly so two reasons. So one, you're right, is the primarily the funding piece, uh, hmm. because as soon as you move outside NCR, the operational cost goes very high.
2: Hmm.
1: So here, the problem with the particular mobile repairing line is that the amount of uh, you know to maintain the quality becomes very paramount. Okay. Because many of these technicians also, they're very smart. They're going to get in 4G screens, like a Mm. duplicate of that, and they're just going to swap it without you even knowing it. So Mm. it was a whole control of inventory, et cetera, having cameras. So it was a very big headache on the kind of scale you get. Mm. And what we also understood is that even if you have a franchise, they don't understand this concept that you Mm. have to actually monitor. So what they think is, I've taken a franchise, now it'll run on its own. So these were things that we realized and yes, you're absolutely right. So the main plan was to take it and then go national. Uh, But then as I mentioned, so.
0: and hindsight, uh, do you think, I mean, if you had started the uh, startup instead of Gurgaon in in a place like Bangalore, for for example, uh, you would have had a different uh, experience about it?
1: uh honestly probably in gurgaon there was a huge supply demand gap okay so mm. that worked in my favor second is in gurgaon people tend to be a little more dikhawa
2: mm-hmm.
1: so we've had customers who came in uh, that time the iphone uh, i think 11 had just launched okay. so they came in literally and said sorry the excess was launched So they came in and said, I want the highest model
2: Mm.
1: and I don't care. This is the amount. And literally they came and they used to come and just put a bundle of cash on the table and say, I don't know. I don't care. I want this particular model. Right. So this is something that you will not get in Bangalore. The second point is also that it was the demand. So for example, my wife, she was into a salon space. So many of her employees, they would actually come and everyone was like, I need an iPhone in my hand. So Mm -hmm. that's the reason. So this, I think, culture is very, very prevalent in the north, at least in CR. Mm -hmm. So I think Gurgaon especially was even better because in Delhi and all, you still have the option of going to a Nehru place and getting things, which Mm -hmm. many people Mm -hmm. don't, but you still have the option. But in Gurgaon, there's absolutely nothing. You only have the Apple store or you have, you know, the local stores.
0: Mm, Okay. So uh, post that uh, uh, you uh, tried a few other things also as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah. So basically, in the meanwhile, my wife was uh, running her salon. So she had opened two in Gurugam itself. Right. Uh, So after selling out this, again, had to do something. So I basically convinced her to carve out a nail salon piece so instead of sal- franchising the whole salon, because I now, by now I knew about how to franchise and operationally, she was excellent. So she, she was very good in hiring. Uh, she was very good in running the operations, customer centricity, everything. So that's how we just carved out the nail salon piece. So that was able to cut down the, so instead of let's say a thousand square feet area, you're just able to do it in a 150, 200 square feet place. And mm. then we started franchising just the nail salon. It was called the Nail Garage. Okay. And so we launched it. We we uh, franchised three in three cities in three months successively. Okay. And it was then. So we were in fact on the verge of launching our own product range as well. And mm. that is when COVID hit.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So everything just went for a tailspin, left, right, center. The three franchises, they also started struggling and that's when my wife so she was uh you know like i don't want to do this right now so let's just hold on for a bit let's run our stores for a while and then mm. we'll see so that's how we that's the gap which happened so which is when i was like okay let's not you know i mean it's her baby let her handle it and that's how again i got into podcasting and actually one of the key reasons that mm. brain is focused around leadership is that this stint where i was working with her i realized that leadership is something which is probably a gap that exists so I have led teams sales teams and everything in the past but I feel the empathy factor was very low mm. uh, it was more around just getting numbers done and I used to see her doing it in her salon so that's where the realization came that there's a huge gap
2: right.
0: and then
1: I also realized that if this gap is with me there are many others who are just like me Agreed. so that's why the entire podcast was focused around leadership and that's where it started from so that actually led from there after that, of course, uh, Brainbox was running. In the meantime, then I have, uh, so I had a MDI batchmate of mine. Mm. He had a startup in Bangalore. So Feb, yeah, so 22. So he then told me that why don't you come in and join as chief business office. So it wasn't deep tech. They were funded by Bloom. So spent a year with him, you know, fixing GTM model, all the operationally getting everything under control. Uh, After a year, I joined another MDA batchmate of mine. He was introducing a category creator within the EP space. So that's how I joined him for a year. And then I realized, you know, it's now time to do something on your own. Hmm. So that's how I got into. So now I'm currently consulting. I have a, so I started a podcasting agency as well. Uh, I launched a course just last week or was it this week. Just launched it about, uh, Mm -hmm. again, podcasting itself, 101, the basic course. Uh, So we have now got something called Brainbox Gurukul, which is more around Mm -hmm. the academy front, which will have more courses and training and stuff like that. And of course, the consulting continues for GTM and marketing and so on. So staying busy.
0: (laughs) Great. And before we move on to uh, the podcasting part of it, what are your chief learnings uh, from the uh, entrepreneurial journey? If you can list out some of them.
1: I think the biggest is that you should fail. Mm. Because uh, especially in sales, what happens is like you don't, you don't, I mean, you do lose deals, but it happens that you want to win each and every one. Mm. And, Again, very interesting anecdote. So when I was in Wipro, I had a, uh, so one of my mentors there. So he connected me with somebody in Sun. So I went in there for the interview. And this is like, I was a newbie, like, you know, just about starting with Wipro a year and a half, I think. And and then I went there and I'm like, uh, so the guy apparently turned out that he was also from MDI and his Mm -hmm. wife was from RB college. Okay. So so we were able to strike a chord, everything, had a great interview. At the end, last me he asked me that. So Koshi, tell me something. Have you ever lost a deal? <laughs> I said, no. And to be honest, I was very cocky about it. I was like, no. And he's like, So, you know what you should do is you should lose a deal. And then we'll connect because you have the thing potential, but right now it's not right. And I'm like, <laughs> what the f- If you don't want me, just tell me. Why are you making stories? But I mean, that's, so I came out that time saying, okay, whatever, it doesn't matter. But later on, so interestingly, the very first deal I lost uh, was again a massive, I mean, a big company in Gurgaon. And I had a great relation with the client. So he was, so basically we were the front runners. We should have won it. And interestingly, this time I was already in IBM. So I had left uh, Wipro. Uh, yeah, I don't remember actually fighting and losing any deal in Wipro or in SAP. So, in both these two were very good. So, in IBM, this deal was like almost a done deal. And on the last day, so I'm like, it's, it's there in my commit, you know, jo, the weekly commits happen. I'm like, it's a done deal, boss, don't worry. And then he calls me. I still remember it was in the IBM software group ground floor. He calls me and says, Kosik, yeah, you know, sorry, we did not with Cognos, we went with ClickView. And I'm like, what are you saying? And he's like, see, it's it's not in my hand, right? I just said it. I said, no, you should have told me. How can this happen? So he's like, this is not right. You know, like I told you initially, the Oracle guys, when I told him, he took it nicely. You, you're losing it completely. So I was like thoroughly pissed for a while. And then it took me, I think about, three, four hours before I calmed down and, you know, sort of told him, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And interestingly, despite all my apologies, he when uh, I actually went and personally invited him for my wedding. So that's when it struck me that, you know, to, to be humble at the time of defeat or a failure is super critical. Mm. Uh, so definitely this is one. So when you're, I think it's with the, education system as well. You know, you want to be first in class, you want to be the first in the race. It's changing a lot, I think from our times. So I'm 44. So born in the 70s. (laughs) So a lot has changed from then. But yes, I still think the thing is there. So startups, the best thing about is that they're able to entrepreneurship in general is that you, you are going to learn a lot. Yeah. People make a ton of mistakes. So when me and my wife, we entered this space, we were the first generation entrepreneurs. Nobody in either of our families. Nobody to guide us. So we actually spent money on the wrong things and that's where the learning happened, which is probably paying off today. So if, mm. had we not invested in marketing and trying out multiple things, so probably today I could not have told you, yes, offline marketing is not as effective as online. How could, Now, because we didn't try a premium brand and we did lose money initially. We don't know. We That's how I realized the power of branding. Mm. So I think it's a must. Uh, so You have to learn to. I think that is the biggest. The second, I think, is that you need to balance work. I mean, success with mental wellness. Mm. And beautiful.
2: when
1: I'm saying mental wellness, I mean, As a whole, so it'll include a physical and mental well-being, if I can call it, you know, like, so my wife, she's a certified yoga instructor for two decades. Um, When we were in Dubai, that's when she did her uh, certified, so she became a certified sports nutritionist as well from Stanford. And she was into it. I wasn't. And I was always like, let's work, 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 you know, like as much as you can. And then I slowly realized during the thing also. So there was actually, we were working so hard because we were both running our own businesses. Uh, And at one point it came that, you know, you have to balance it out because if you take a break, so so when we went on our anniversary, anniversary is something that is paramount for us. Hmm. So even then she told her salon folks, so I had told my guys and had switched off my phone. (laughs) And she told her folks, you know, don't call me. Uh, in the afternoon so she was I think there till in the after, uh, 3 o'clock or something and then we moved around 4.30 so she switched on her phone I think to make a payment and the phone started ringing hmm. and those are the times when you realize that is it really worth Yeah. if you're not able to take a half a day or let's say whatever 2-3 days of peace then is it really worth all this trouble Yes, you may be able to follow your passion, have fun, etc. But this is one aspect. And I genuinely feel that is why you'd probably be seeing the trend happening in the Americas and all that. The entrepreneurs there are very, very careful on their physical health. Yeah. So they will go for a walk, they will run, they'll meditate, hit the gym, virtually all the top guys. This is something that is still not prevalent in India. Hmm. You'll find many of them sitting and slogging till one o'clock at night, getting up at six in the morning. They'll do a yoga day on whatever, 21st June, just to show that I'm doing but they're not in it. Hmm. And interestingly, again, this is where the next part of the thing comes in. So she's into wellness. She has her own company now called Wellness Fusion. So the plan eventually is to merge you know, the leadership with uh, wellness so this was something again I think these are the two biggest learnings
0: yeah fantastic yeah absolutely I agree and uh, unless we have the right kind of balance uh, then all the gains are actually of no use absolutely okay now moving on uh, let's uh, deep down into the specifics about the podcasting as a journey Mm -hmm. so you said you got influenced by uh, one of the leaders and that was the inspiration you started off and uh, when you started your journey uh, did you uh, uh, did you realize that you're going to do it as a solo or you're going to do it all interview based and how did you pick up the particular niche uh, subject uh, to to carry on with this so first i'll come to the
2: name
1: since you complimented the name, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were toying around with a few things, but so Arpita always used to say that your my biggest asset is you know, the intellect. Mm. So that's how we realized it has to be something with brain. And the concept was that usually people try and tend to think in silos. So if you are into either corporate or you're in a startup, you'd be in very specific silos. So the concept was to think out of the box. Mm. And therefore, the uh, catch came in. Therefore, the name came in of Brainbox. So, it was to do with... So, we'll be just clear on one thing. It'll be something that will be focused on leadership. Mm. uh, And I wanted it to be different. So, I wanted to have leaders on the show. And the selfish reason for that was that I wanted to learn.
0: Mm, Yes.
1: So, that was the biggest reason. And... In the process, what I came to know is that it also helps open doors. So, for example, in networking itself, right? So, I would probably not have been talking to you today had we both not been on a, a hosting our podcast. Yeah. So, it helps network. Uh, if you want to reach somebody... So, I don't think... There may be 10 invitations I send on LinkedIn. I mm. don't think more than two of them do not accept it. Right. So... That is the power that you get when you are podcasting, which of course yeah. I did not realize initially, to be honest. It was just a passion. So when I started, uh, it was a solo series. So the plan mm. was just to have it solo. The first episode was very simple because that was primarily identifying and underlying that this is how the concept will be. Uh, the second was around my gadget scare, the startups and all that. So that was fine. By the time I reached the third or fourth episode, I realized I've run out of topics.
2: Mm.
1: so that's when so it was a plan was to go in a season so it was supposed to have each season was supposed to have a separate theme on it uh, which I continued writing till season 12 or 13 so I had something called game changers leaders CIOs etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. Uh, but the sixth episode basically the first episode of season 2 mm. so I had my mentor which I mentioned even in Wipro so he's Ashish Wattel. that time he was the MD of Cisco Okay. And I just asked him, you know, I said, Ki, you know, Sarji, I want to do this thing. Uh, will you come on the show? And I have to say, he was one of those guys who no questions asked. He's like, come on. I'm like, okay. So before that, what used to happen is it was all audio at that time. So mm. I was on Anchor, which is now Spotify, but that was Anchor. So I used to just record the thing and I'm done. And this was the first one with a guest. I came on the you know, the time that was announced and everything. And then I started logging. I think it was through Zoom or something. And then I tried it. And then I suddenly realized that I'm not able to record. Oh, Google Meet. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I realized that I'm not able to record it. Right. And I'm like, ho So he was very, very patient. I have to admit. So about 10-15 minutes. Idhah, odhah, idhah, odhah, then finally, since he was in Cisco, he's like, you know what? Koshik, ho so I will record it on Webex. Because ours is anywhere there. Right. Uh, And after that, I'll share the link with you. Okay. When I got done. So, this is how the first episode started. Now, he was obviously very kind. So, he gave it to me and everything. But when I actually made the episode live, and this is September end 21, or maybe October 1st week. So, when I made it live, he got, I think, 30,000 likes. On his LinkedIn post in 24 hours. Fantastic. And I had another 45 or thousand. Different mm. sets. Maybe 10,000 would be common, but otherwise it was a completely different set. So this is how, and then he literally asked me, he's like, is it what is going on? So I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is nice to see. So th- that's how it started. And then I realized that I'm actually onto something. Okay. So that's how then I decided to go the guest mode because you get to learn a lot as well from the other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's much more interactive. You're able to expand your network. That's how it happened.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and and going solo, as you rightly said, uh, you have to keep uh, churning out a lot of things, and probably some point of time you might have to be probably you have to be a little creative because uh, churning out solo episodes is difficult always.
1: Plus, um, I think another problem with solo is that you're not able to expand your network.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So, right now, for example, many of your uh, audience are going to know me and vice Correct. versa. That's so, right. But if it's purely solo, it won't happen.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, you have really invited a uh, lot of very, very interesting leaders across the world, actually. That's uh, very good, actually. Uh, some of them, I did have, have the chance to have a quick glance and listen to some of them, actually. So, in this journey of 81 episodes already, um, if you can talk about few really interesting ones. The Ashish episode, of course, you said is really a good, uh, inspiring uh, story, if I can say so, because he's somebody who's actually helped you to put up the first uh, interview. So. So similar to that, if you can come up with some top-of-the-mind recall on what are the interesting episodes with some of the leaders.
1: So he's the only one, Ashish Watra is the only one who came twice on the show. Okay. So next time when he came is in his current role where he was heading the entire Google Cloud practice and all. So that was, uh, every time I try something new. So I think it was the first time I was trying AI in the software, you know, and I told him, do you want to come back on the show? And he's like, I said, Haan. he's like, mein that's why you're experimenting with me. Done. I, I'll come. So <laughs> definitely these two episodes are there. Uh, other than this, there was an excellent episode with Sanjay Vidyarthi. Uh, okay. He has built multiple businesses. Uh, mm. You know, Like he's been, he has built his own business in tier two, tier three cities. Mm. He has actually trained their staff. And it was similar to the hardware space uh, where they were actually developing things for Airtel, Jio, all these telco providers and all. And that was a session which should have, original plan was to go for half an hour. Hmm. It actually went on for one hour, 26 minutes. Okay. And that episode blew me away. When that happened, So the first startup, which I mentioned, uh, where I was working, I actually, so this podcast happened on a Saturday. I actually told my batchmate on a Sunday that next day that I want to resign. Oh, great. (laughs) Because I realized, because his concept was that if you want to build a world-class company, the way you do things have to be radically different. Yes. And somehow I didn't feel that I would be able to, you know, do it there which is when I decided to make the move. So that episode for sure was. So it's like a catalytic
0: episode. If I can put it that way.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And there's another episode, uh, which again got me on the wellness drive. Hmm. So it was the 45th episode, if I remember right. So he was, he's a CEO of a big EV company out here. Uh, and interestingly, he will be also coming probably for a second time very soon. Okay, that's right <laughs> Yeah. So he came on the show, CEO, I know him. I mean, I've spent quite a bit of time with him. We've done a few deals and all that also. Uh, very nice, very calm. He's from ISB, very intellectual. And so we have our conversation, again, the same, 30 minutes was a slot. So we have our 20 minutes. And then he had said that I'm into spirituality and stuff. So I said, okay, so... What's your take on this? And then he says that, you know what, Koshik? I have not disclosed this to anyone except my parents. Hmm. And I'm disclosing this on your show.
0: Oh, very good. I'm
1: like, okay. So he says, I have actually tried committing suicide multiple times when I was young.
0: My goodness.
1: And believe me, I didn't know what to say. I was like, Thankfully, there was audio, so he could not see my gaping mouth. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was zapped because he's probably one of the last few people I would have even imagined that would have tried to commit suicide when he was young. Unbelievable. So, and that's when the topic started. And that's again, so this was again, so this was the wellness piece was a separate episode with which we launched season episode 46. Okay. So the 10th season. Season, so okay. that is when it happened, and that is what again made me realize that wellness is something which people don't talk about.
0: I know, yes.
1: So for me, it's different because Arpita's into the space, so she mm. she has changed me dramatically from what I was initially. Mm. At the time of marriage, I was like, you know, typical dilli wala types, you know, mujani I want the job done. I still have that trait when it comes to driving, but yeah, other than that, so because of that influence, I think I changed dramatically Mm. and it is something that I probably didn't realize to that extent, but when this episode happened, that is when it really dawned on me that this is something that is, it should be talked about and wellness genuinely is not talked about enough as it should be, at least in India, even today. Mm. Uh, there is a stigma attached to it Uh, so I think it's after that that even that Deepika Padukone and all of them started talking that yes we have depression so this all happened before that so that was I think again a super episode
0: just I am trying to connect one story here not story in fact I uh, uh, hosted someone who is from the learning challenges uh, Space. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple of episodes back, uh, his name is uh, Dr. G. Sendil Kumar. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was on, I think, episode number 42. Mm-hmm. Very recently, I started, posted it. And he's from the space of uh, learning disabilities or challenges for children. Wow. I think that is also an area which um, needs a mm-hmm. lot of attention and a lot, lot of awareness still mm-hmm. in India. And probably that is the that is the phase when all this mental uh, challenges start early in life, probably it start from that level of learning disabilities, learning challenges, which we don't even talk about. I mean, again, there's stigma associated with mm-hmm. that as an Indian society. So I think this is connecting. So I just just thought, of talking about it. No, no, absolutely. So back to you absolutely. again. Sorry to no, no, I mean, disturb your. No,
1: no, so, no. So I think it's a, it's a very good example you gave because it genuinely matters. Because so we don't have kids, but we've seen a few, and that's when it, we also realized. And in fact, today evening itself, me and Narpita were discussing this only. So it's something, again, I think it needs to be talked about much more.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Sorry I uh, stopped your flow probably you were about to speak a few other episodes as well
1: oh i can go on so don't don't, don't worry i think <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> great so uh, doing the podcast 81 episodes already done and of course you're doing host of other things as well including consulting and um, and also helping your wife to uh, do uh, the business um, so, when it comes to your own uh, uh, intellectual wellness, if I can put it that way, what are the things uh, which keeps you intellectually updated or or stimulated, rather, uh, apart from the podcasting? Of course, podcasting does help in this uh, drive. But apart from that, what else do you do? I mean, do you read certain types of books or... Or do you have some recommended books for audience or what else you do?
1: So first about the podcasting itself, I love consuming podcasts. Also. So I, on an average in a week, I'll spend at least 15 to 20 hours listening mm. to podcasts.
0: Very good. And Very important. I th- also.
1: Exactly. I think the law lo- again. So for example, mine is primarily on marketing. I follow Gary Vee. Uh, a few others here and they depending on the topic so right now like it's more around the consulting piece so that's why it's all around marketing distribution that is the key Um. so for sure consuming podcasts the second one is also that I love writing very good so I post a lot on LinkedIn so one of the most common things most of my f- folks tell me is that you know I log in And the first thing in my feed I see is Kaushik, 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 Kaushik. (laughs) So I love writing. What happens with writing is that you are forced to think about it. Yes. So when you're thinking, you're able to actually put it down. Mm. As soon as you're putting it on paper, on the screen, wherever, what Mm. actually then starts happening is that people then start realizing what your thought process is. Mm. Which therefore leads to you building your personal brand. Correct. So, Which is what I keep telling people that even if you, you just write for yourself, it doesn't matter. But just post. And this is something I think is a huge problem with youngsters also. It's always like if I'm posting, that guy has got 10,000 likes, I should have at least 9,000. That's so off. It doesn't matter. You just write it for yourself. You do 100. So for example, I don't think there was actually a time when I have removed So I had about 4,000 connections on LinkedIn. I removed it and got it down to 900. Okay. Because I realized that these 900 people are the people who are actually engaging with it. Correct. So I don't want that quantity and a vanity metric, which doesn't help. Mm. So it's better that you have a good network, strong network. And that is when I started my LinkedIn drive again from that 900 odd. Uh, So yes, I write a lot. That is good. And I also read. Hmm. Uh, my books are mainly biographies.
0: Oh, very interesting. And some of them, if you can name.
1: So I read Indira Nui's.
0: Right. Very good. Interesting. Fabulous,
1: fabulous book. Uh, I just finished. It was a biography on uh, Dhirubhai Ambani. It's called The Polyester Prince. Hmm. Again, fabulous book. I will be starting the book on Navarvikanth so Hmm. that should be interesting as well so yes i'm into but i generally believe that the reason is that if you consume podcasts you're reading that is where you get the content to write
2: Hmm. so it's actually connected
1: and oh and intellectually i love playing i think my favorite sport is chess okay so So you find some time
0: to play chess
1: yeah, yeah so i just received an award uh, where they told me that i have logged in on chess.com okay every day for 867 days
0: my goodness that's a quite a feat okay
1: so it's it's my you know escape route so it is my stress reliever so arpita keeps telling me you know like you're thinking all the time why in your right mind during when you want to relax do you want to again go and play something like chess which is taxing your mind and I'm like, I, I genuinely don't know.
0: This actually relaxes me. So that's my relaxation. No, it is, it is very much possible. Like, for example, uh, when we drive on the road, uh, many times actually we are thinking something else. And intuitively right. we are driving. Right. Of course, we are consciously also looking at everything. Not that we are not conscious about it. But uh, driving as a process is. So- a bit intuitive, quite a bit subconscious and uh, probably that's what is exactly happening with you when you're playing your chess. True. If you've if you played 800 plus days on a trot, uh, then a lot of your moves are actually there on your subconscious mind already. True. True.
1: So okay. I used to at times land up you know, while sleeping, I used to see the chess piece moving around and I'm like, okay, for the day, stop. <laughs>
0: That's very that good. Is. Great, great. So, Kossik, um, um, fantastic, I think. Uh, a, a lot of new things which I learned from this conversation. And of course, it's it's kind of a short one right now. Um, but I would love to actually host both of you, both, the, um, both you and Arpita on this show once sure. uh, to understand her, Uh, point of view as well uh, in this journey together as uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bose. That will be very interesting. So, any final thoughts uh, for our audience? Uh, Primarily my audience is targeted towards young students and young professionals. And of course their parents. So you can say starting from uh, about 10 year old, 12 year old, uh, children and going up to middle aged people so any thoughts any comments
1: I, I think uh, for youngsters it's they should just you know try everything mm. and, and of course clear disclaimer I don't mean you know drugs and stuff like that but what I am mean to say is they try different things in life correct uh, if uh, Again, having said that, they should try it and figure out whether or not they're good at it. Mm. It's not like you will be, so suppose with uh, anything, let's say with podcasting, it's not like I was, so. I, to be honest, I was very reluctant in coming into video podcasting. Right. My first episode happened to be the 60th one mm. where the lady she joined, so it was on my radar. I was like, I will do a video podcast. So she joined us from Sweden, Melanie Bukaro. So she said, so she's like, Kaushik, why are you not doing a video podcast? I'm like, yeah, I will. She said, you know what? You record this as a video podcast. If you mm-hmm. don't like it, post as audio. Correct. And I'm like, makes sense. Give me 10 seconds. So I went, fixed my background, switched on the camera, and I said, okay, let's start. Right. So, and interestingly, this was the 60th. Uh, the 42nd one was another one where I was a guest. And that mm-hmm. also happened to a video podcast. And if you see that, I was an absolute disaster. I mean, on the video, at least. <laughs> not that I'm not now. But yeah, at that, that time, I was a massive disaster. So I genuinely feel... So many people used to tell me, yaar, you know, tum aise the, tum aise. I said, who cares? You don't like it. Don't see the next one. Na. Mm. So especially when you're young, I think that's when you can experiment with things. You can do different things. You should try uh, for young, not exactly young adults, but people who are young, uh, still in that in the middle part of their corporate journey who are beginning again, the same thing holds. So, it does not. So, I have switched a lot of jobs, so mm. I have like stayed on for a year and a half, moved of course, because of the pay, but also the roles, etc., that you get are immense. So, I could have easily retired right now, sitting in Dubai. Many of my friends and colleagues are there, uh, very rich. So this is something that you, again, to come back, get out of your comfort zone, try different things. And you and you, the best time to do that is when you're young. Yeah. So that is when you can experiment with startups. You know, it doesn't work. You can always go back to corporates, try a solo solopreneurship, do the works. From the parents' perspective, I think it's very important that they should let them do it.
0: Mm, very important.
1: So it still has the... Very huge culture in India that we still have is that people will say, Sharma Ji's son said this, and his is doing So I think that has decreased. But I generally feel, because this is again something uh, I picked from Gary, Gary V. And he used to say that if you actually insist on your kids doing something, hmm. what will happen is when they grow up, they will actually turn out resenting you. Because yeah. they will not have done what they wanted to do. Not that if they would have done what they wanted to do, they would have succeeded. But even if they don't, they will still think because of you, I could not do this and therefore I'm frustrated. So the resentment will anyway happen. So it is better that let them do what they want. They might succeed. And even if they don't, then you figure it out to give them the support, but let them do it. Let them experiment. So I think... Yeah. And there is a very
0: interesting book called Range. I don't know whether you have come across this. Uh, there's an interesting book. Uh, I will refer it on the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Range. It's basically talking about the same thing that as early as possible, try to figure out and do range of things
1: exactly.
0: Uh, rather than just focusing yourself on a particular area because you never know on which one you're going to do better than the others. True. And uh, when you do a lot of things early in life, you have the better opportunity to to be good at uh, something really good
1: um, Absolutely.
0: as a Absolutely. specialist going forward.
1: So I have to check out this book. Thank you.
0: Yes, I will share the detail uh, of the show notes also. I, of course, I will share with you otherwise. Yeah. So, um, Kaushik, a very interesting conversation. I know it is uh, short. Uh, we need to have a larger uh, conversation where I would like to invite Arpita as well along with you, sure. and uh, we will definitely talk about different topics um, during that episode. And uh, for the timing, thank you for uh, being with us and, and sharing all your knowledge. Very interesting journey of uh, doing so many things in your um, in your mid career so far, I would say. And uh, and a, a lot of opportunities still ahead of you. So wishing you a lot of success in all your ventures. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you so very much. And wishing you the very best as well. And look forward to seeing you soon.
0: Thank you.